This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? And happy Easter to you, Brandon. Happy Easter to you, Josh, and to all our Always Cheating listeners out there. Josh, I'm excited, and I'm also I had I had a few thoughts coming into this podcast. There's so much happening this weekend where where we still have one fixture left to play in game week 33, but. Not only did Manchester United beat Chelsea, but uh, Star Wars released a new trailer for The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. I've I, I, I seen the trailer twice. I read the io9 breakdown of the trailer. I, it was not... Uh, I didn't think it was an amazing trailer. I thought it was okay. The most amazing thing for me, Josh, watching The Last Jedi trailer was my mind started wandering at some point, and I had this realization of... When we get our tickets to go see The Last Jedi on opening weekend, we'll also be dealing with game week 17 of the next fantasy season. And <laughs> I'm not sure how that made me feel. Yeah. Time, time passes. Life comes at you fast. Truly. Yeah, that is that is too much. Thinking about next season is uh, I'm not ready for that emotionally. Oh, I, I, need, I need two months of, of R&R. I'm going to do like the players do. I'm going to go to... Uh, you know, Monaco for a month or two. I'm going to, I'm going to gamble with those big plates that they use. <laughs> oh, the biggest uh, ships around. You'll be like, you'll be, are you going to cry any blood tears? I'm like you're a villain in a James blood. Bond movie. Yeah. I'm going to cry some blood tears. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was an okay trailer just to wrap up on the trailer. <laughs> yeah. It for was our star Wars talk. It was an okay trailer. If you wanted to see the training montage from from uh, empire strikes back, Delivered through Luke Skywalker instead of Yoda. Like, if that was something that you wanted, then you got it in this trailer. I was only disappointed that there wasn't a, a scene in which Ray was actually weightlifting with empty <laughs> milk jugs filled with sand. That's gonna. That's they're saving that for the movie, Brad. Maybe the second trailer. Yeah, it's more <laughs> of a teaser trailer, really. All right, so we were, we were talking a bit about the exciting fixtures of the weekend before we hit the record button. So, uh, Josh, you need me to catch you up on. 
Man U Chelsea. Yeah, we had babies. So I saw I saw Liverpool um, Liverpool West Brom, which is a reasonably interesting game. Uh, and then I, it was baby's first Easter, so uh, we went out for 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 a late breakfast and uh, walk in the park and all that stuff. So I I did you miss do the, I missed the refer to late fixture. breakfast as brunch, Josh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just saying, I, I I'm like so anti brunch that I didn't want to call. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love the phrase late breakfast. I, I'm going to adopt it myself. I think yeah. it's good. I mean, I had pancakes. That's that feels breakfasty. That's true. You're treading. You're treading between the in the liminal space between brunch and breakfast. Yeah. Uh, so I miss the, the the this weekend's marquee fixture. Um, and so I, catch me up a little bit. I know I'm I'm excited about this. I'm not even a Spurs fan, but I'm excited that there's now a real title race because. Uh, there hasn't been one for about twenty weeks, and now now it's really on, right? I mean, four point gap—that's not very. Not very it is much. so on. It's so on. If, if everyone who watched um, Spurs just absolutely own on Saturday morning, and I mean, for they're they're perpetually, as you noted on our Twitter feed, in the early kickoff on Saturday, and they perpetually score four goals on whoever is at White Hart Lane. White Hart Lane, yeah. no who they are. But going into Sunday morning, uh, yeah, looking at my head-to-head with you, Josh, um, you had Milner and Origi versus Firmino. And I did. For, I came out ahead there with the Firmino goal, and I'm feeling pretty good going into this United-Chelsea match. And, okay, so we'll talk a little bit about how this game plays out um, in the league and just generally as a football match. But FPL-wise, this game is an absolute disaster for everyone <laughs> yeah. unless you are, are the few the proud that that have been st- sticking with tony valencia over right. the last couple of quick, weeks so we quick, quick side note by the way milner is the classic example of a one week stopgap that somehow has been on my team for like the last four weeks you know you're he's like the, bringing he's the a, unwelcome guest he just won't leave hey you're bringing a player he was the last player in my wildcard team and i kind of had a plan to bring him out the following week and i was like you know what i don't like any of the options I wasn't feeling Redmond at the time. This is before Zaha kind of, you know, exploded uh, in form. Uh, they didn't look this good. Didn't look that strong this weekend. Um, and I was like, I'll just, I'll just bring in Milner for like a week, you know. And then it's like suddenly like you're doing surgery elsewhere. And Milner is just picking up two or three points for me. Every I, I can't, you know. And so he's finally going out this weekend. I'm burning four. There's... Mark my words, Brandon. Milner will not be on my team come this Saturday. Yeah, he's he's putting up Tom Carroll numbers for the price of a Wilfred Zaha. It ain't right. It right. ain't right. Right. So, um, yeah, you you had Robert Huth uh, first on your bench for well, defense. Talk, yeah, talk about why it was a disaster for fantasy managers. Well, a huge disaster. Okay, so I'm watching the Liverpool. West Brom match and mm-hmm. in the in the like Chiron ticker at the bottom of the screen right. they throw up the starting lineups right. and you get to the strike the the sort of forward lineup for Manchester United and I sort of like had to rub my eyes like I was waking up from a dream like no Ibra yeah I couldn't have seen that right and then I take to Twitter and of course that. the whole everyone everyone is freaking out no Ibra so then begets the whole um, trying to construct the narrative of is it the Jose Mourinho poison chalice? Is he actually finally succumbing to the fact that he's an old man? Uh, or or is it that there needs to be a rotation for the Europa League? I think What's Mourinho, going said on? He was, Mourinho said he was tired, right? That he was, he was tired, but he was available uh, if needed. So reports would say, and I, I, I can't verify this, but uh, Ibra apparently said himself 
prior to Jose Mourinho saying he was tired. Ibra claimed he was tired. So there okay. was sort of a, as far as I understand, there was a confirmed narrative that they were both going for. So it wasn't like Jose was saying one thing and Ibra was mum on the other side. <laughs> so I don't think there's a conspiracy right. here. And the fact that Ibra comes on as a sub, mm-hmm. I think probably confirms that... There's, there isn't anything nefarious no, happening. No, 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 no. That's just that exactly. No, that there, there's nothing going. I mean, I think it was, it, it's. I actually think it was probably a combination of two things. One, one being him genuinely tired. Uh, then with the with the difficult, you know, second leg of the Europa League coming up. I mean, that's, that, that came the second leg. They're, I think they're not at one one right now. So um, you know, tough game to come. Uh, and also, Jose's comments after their draw with Anderlecht, he put a lot of the. Um, Blame, as it were, on Ibra. He he was saying that how United just didn't take their chances. He basically put it all on the shoulders of Ibra, not that he wasn't willing to take it. But I think maybe there was some sort of conversation that happened there of Ibra was saying, I just wasn't ready for this match. Right. So uh, I'm I'm sure that's true. And uh, I think the other element, though, is that uh, I'm I'm sure that Chelsea game planned for Zlatan, right? I mean, you beat Zlatan, you beat Man U has kind of been the story of the season. So... Uh, so, for them yeah. to not see him out there uh, when the lineups are announced, it, it changes their whole game plan, I imagine. It is something that you can only really sort of comprehend after the match is over. So the immediate reaction when the lineup is announced is Mourinho is terrified that he's going to get humiliated. So he's putting out a weakened lineup. That's to- insane. That's, that's silly. <laughs> So he's I mean, maybe, maybe he's, I don't know. He's playing I don't for the know. Champions League still. I mean, he was talking about you know how he's got to he's got to play his center backs every match until until they can't qualify for the Champions League in the in the league. So I, I don't so, think yes. that's true. So yeah, and I, and I don't disagree with you because as the game starts unwinding, it it. It it was such a it, it's so cliche. It was like a masterclass tactical battle. But you watched that United team play and it was a performance that I don't think we had seen all season for Manchester United. It was a team performance. Paul Pogba was invisible in the best way in that he was just like this unseen piston in the midfield. Ander Herrera was effectively in Kante through the entire match. So, I mean, there were two sides of this coin, and um, just catching you up on how the match played out for me, Josh, is it was at once just like this unreal team, a 100% team effort on Manchester United's part versus a Chelsea team that did not look anything resembling a Chelsea team we have seen all season. So I'm right. I'm kind of caught between, like, did che- Chelsea just not show up or did Mourinho just totally take the rug out from under them? And I think it's a little of both. So what do you think about Ander Herrera as a, you know, his as a as a fantasy asset? Is he, you know, he's 6.3 million, uh, double game week coming up. I mean, it's kind of the perfect time for someone to to show up, you know, as a fantasy asset. Yeah, I suppose it is, but I mean, what we can talk about when we, it's like a uh, Hemingway short story collection, what we talk about when we talk about Mourinho, uh, the rota- the rotation that we have been dreading with this team going into game week 34 with the doubles, and right. who do we bring in, and we can't really bring in anybody, we're kind of looking at the yeah. defense, or Ibra, yeah. Ander Herrera while he had a man of a man of the match performance in a season defining match for United, 
this, this does not make a worthy fantasy asset. I, I think you're sort of grasping at straws if, if you think okay. that suddenly yeah. you're bringing him into but, your but, but are, aren't, we, aren't we grasping at straws here, Brandon? I mean, we've got a double, you got a double game week 34 coming up. There's one player that you need, right? You need Zlatan Ibrahimovic, right? He's got two fixtures. Burnley away, City away. I mean, those 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 aren't even great fixtures, but I, I think he's you know pretty clearly the captain choice. I think that's anyone who's not being a maverick would say that Zlatan in game week thirty four is the clear captain. Uh, then you've got uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, you know Zaha appealing. Uh, I suppose. I mean, they're away to Liverpool and home to Spurs, right? I mean, there's a good chance they don't score in either one of those two games. I mean, and there's a, there are a lot of managers out there who are investing in Crystal Palace defense, um, like Wayne Hennessy or the Wards of this world. And right. I, I'm really I'm really terrified for these managers. I don't know that there's going to be any great return there. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what are you looking at in those two fixtures, like? I mean, okay. Those you, are one-pointers, yeah. uh, optimistically, for those defenders each. Yeah, one-pointers, even even two points. You know, if you're burning four, then if, I guess if you're burning four, you need at least a minimum of what? Like, assuming you would get two from the defender that you capped. I mean, like, there are defenders who can keep clean sheets this week, though, too. I mean, they're, they're you know, it's a double game week. It's just an odd double game week, right? I mean, the, yeah, the defense, double, defense yeah. it's got to be uh, the Burger or Manchester right. United. Right. Absolutely. And Crystal Palace, it's all attacking. And, um, yeah. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Ives on Twitter asks us, Townsend or Kabai? We're, if we want to talk about Palace assets at all, Kabai, your, your friend and loved one, Josh. <laughs> Yeah, I hope Scott Gill's not listening. He <laughs> crucified me for oh bad 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 day to use that word. <laughs> yeah, uh, but was just so mad at me for picking up uh, Johan goodbye a few weeks. I, I clearly didn't wait long enough. I I don't know. It, it always seemed like goodbye would be a good fit for an Allardyce team. Yeah, I mean he he's a, he's a vexing player. He's just got a great pedigree, and he's. I think it's he's just streaky, and we very well are probably at the end of Kabai's two-match streak. But for me, uh, on Saturday, um, Townsend, Andres Townsend looked uh, fantastic. Of all the midfielders there, if I were looking to buy, if I didn't already own Zaha, mm-hmm. I'd say Townsend is the one to buy. He looked hyper-motivated. He was not the... Townsend that we're often critical of of he's just a one man show he's always looking to cut in and shoot yeah he was more often looking to bring his teammates into it he looked like a, a mature player over the weekend so. okay so let's let's say you have uh, Zaha already as I do and you have a James Milner sized hole that you're looking to fill for this double game week so you have about let's say I've got about six point five million to spend. Of the midfielders on Man United, Crystal Palace, and Middlesbrugger, the three double game week teams, which midfielder would you pick? Uh, that is a very good question. I mean, again, talking about Manchester United, I mean, Manchester United is the most interesting one. I mean, am I going to try and talk myself into Ander Herrera? I, I just don't think I can. I think it's easier to talk yourself into Ander Herrera if he doesn't play in the Europa League on uh, on uh, 
Thursday. Uh, you know, he didn't play in the. I think he came out as a sub maybe in the Europa League midweek, but he was not a starter. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was like, okay, like Herrera. If, if that continues, then I think he's a better option. He's only six point three million. There's no one Mata, so he probably needs to start. I mean, Anthony Martial, I guess, is an option if you can. Maybe. I mean, the, the, he didn't even make the lineup, right? It is. I'm just like still. I'm still processing this match. The <laughs> everyone is was freaking out. Like no Ibra, no Mkhitaryan, and every man had a job. Like Fellaini, all the people who are terrible this season look great. Fellaini looked great. Pogba looked great. Herrera looked great. And it, you didn't even notice that Mkhitaryan wasn't in the lineup or that. Um, Lingard and Rashford were running the strike force. So, but that what the, what my point in saying this is that you forget that Henrik Mkhitaryan is a guy who's just waiting in the link, wings. He comes in and that changes the entire shape of the team. And right. Ander Herrera suddenly becomes totally peripheral to your fantasy squad. Yeah, and and you know Anders Lindegaard looks like he was subbed off in the 59th minute. You know, only played 63 minutes the game before that. Uh, doesn't Je- have a Jesse Lindegaard, not the not the substitute goalkeeper. <laughs> God. It's amazing how often I do that. It's like my brain just picks a name. Like, yeah, that's close enough. Uh, Jesse Lingard. So no goals or assists in the last four. Uh, has started all four of those matches, for what it's worth. Uh, I actually think he started the last five matches, but not producing anything. Maybe he doesn't continue to start. Uh, Mkhitaryan's too expensive, and uh, you know I don't think we can feel confident that he's actually going to play. Didn't play. Didn't play a minute in the Chelsea match. Uh, Marcus Rashford. I mean, I know he's a he's a forward and a midfielder, but I mean, two you know two goals in his last two games. Um, you know, he's only six point five million, so he's 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 interesting. Josh, you cannot overstate how much of a disaster it was that Ibrahimovic did not start today. Not be, <laughs> not because of our fantasy teams in game week thirty three, uh-huh. but like so, I currently have Ibra in my squad, right, and. It raises so many questions going into the double, and I think everyone sort of assumed Ibra was untouchable. And now it's like you have these moments at work where you you look at you you look like steely eyed at your boss, and you're like, really, you're going to ask me to do one more thing, right. knowing how busy I am, right? This whole Ibra rotation thing is like the last thing we need as fantasy managers. It is too much. It has been a it is a it's been a challenging season, Brandon. Very challenging. But I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we can take our eye off the ball here. I I think you're. I mean, I I, I sympathize with your saying we really are grasping at straws for better or worse. But Ibra, Ibra, or okay, you have you, to look at Ibra, De Gea, or the central defenders, be it Rojo or Bayi. Rojo and Bayi to me are the most interesting. That's the most interesting choice that okay. you would have to make going into that's, game week thirty four. Okay, that's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I honestly think that the the burger uh, defenders are a really good buy as well. I mean, th- that could be a double clinched opportunity there, a way to a way to Bournemouth and home to Sunderland. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I definitely agree. So you have De Gea in goal, which right. you would be. I mean, you have to be so grateful that De Gea started today because yeah. there was everyone was sort of wondering is. Is De Gea on the outs? And you can see him just being out for the rest of the season if he gets on the wrong uh, side of Jose. I'm certainly a little concerned. I mean, I I really wish I had Valdez right now. I mean, you know, I I had a... 
I don't know. I I, I kind of screwed up the Valdez De Gea thing, and um, I, you know, I just I'm not comfortable with expensive goalkeepers. I always it's like I <laughs> it's not your const- look. It's not I your constantly look. feel like I'm I'm like like wasting my money. Uh, this may this may end up being a um, an all out attack game week for me. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm debating that right now. It really, well, I have I mean, to. You still have your triple captain. I mean, this. Okay, so let's just get this out of the way. Um, I think we have we have a, a tweet about this from Henrik Sorley on Twitter. Triple captain Eber in game week 34 or Sanchez in game week 36. So, so you still have your triple cap, Josh. Yeah, There's still. no temptation of any kind in 34. Well, okay. So I I talked about this a little bit at the end of a podcast a couple weeks ago, but because uh, not everybody listens to the fourth and fifth hours of the podcast, I'll I'll briefly go through it again. Yeah, the Lord uh, of the Rings Two Towers extended <laughs> edition of the director's podcast. cut. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I'm pretty much you know just because I had such a such a. Uh, you know, a, a market. I had a massive drop at the beginning of the season. Uh, that massive drop did coincide with with having a baby, and so I'm 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 able to accept it. Uh, but I basically had no chance. That is for running. anyone listening that you are now in the Josh Landon spin zone. <laughs> so I uh, I really have no chance of winning. You know, so we we have these mini leagues. We have our uh, our personal mini league. Um, which is which is we have overall points we have head to head right and head to head we're doing the playoffs this year so um, boom after, excitement I love it I'm excited too and after game week 35 uh, we enter a uh, the quarterfinals right so it's quarterfinals 35 or 36 semis 37 finals 38 it's gonna be awesome right and so hopefully we can all get together and watch game week 38 it's gonna be very dramatic uh, but I'm also in the playoff spots for the uh, uh, the AC Showstoppers League. Uh, so I feel like my strategy right now is someone who can't, I'm not really that concerned about my overall rank. I mean, it just doesn't really, it's not going to be impressive no matter what, you know? And so, <laughs> uh, but because I've had this really great, I think I have green arrows and, you know, nine of my last 10 game weeks. So you yeah. know, I've made up like a million spots. My team looks good. And so I've won all of these head to head matches. And so I've actually climbed into the playoff spots for these, you know, for these leagues. So to me, you know, waste it, it would feel like a waste of that chip. Like I would only use it yeah. if I needed to make sure I was in the playoffs. But I, I would rather save that for the actual playoff rounds. I love how much of an MLS fan you sound like right now, making a case <laughs> for the MLS Cup playoffs as now, opposed the, to the, the uh, now, thirty-eight game week the uh, problem, season. The problem with MLS, as a quick aside, because I know this is the, we haven't talked about fantasy very much so far, but the problem with MLS is that they try to value the regular season, the Charity Shield, and the Cup. Yeah, and they, they, try want, to make they it want equal. their cake and eat it, too. You can't do that. I mean, you just can't value the season anymore, because otherwise it's like it makes the playoffs not seem as important or something. You know, like yeah. you just have to you have to commit to one title. So right. I don't know. So just it always feels unsatisfying. It's like, oh, you won the playoffs, but like you didn't win the overall points. I don't know. It's just, yeah. All right. So, so your point is here, you're, there is no temptation for you to triple cap on Ebra, assuming you bring him in in game week 34, because you're holding your biggest weapons for head-to-head playoffs. Exactly. Dude, okay. But can we quickly talk about, we, we're still, we still haven't even gotten to the point about Manchester United defense versus Burger defense. How do you feel about people considering playing their triple cap on Ebra in light of the rotation concerns. Okay, so by the time we get to the weekend fixture for United, let's see, they play on Sunday, I think it is. 
Yes. So, okay. So Thursday, United play Anderlecht, and then they play again on Sunday, and then they play again the following Thursday, and then they play again, presumably, the, like the Saturday after that. Okay, so you could make a case that, okay, Ibra finally got tired. He finally got tired. He was not tired for a long time. Yeah, then he got missed, tired. He missed had to, three games of suspension. You know, I, I was not expecting to tired after he basically got a month's vacation. So, but if he's going to miss any match. Okay, so now they, they the, the, the results <laughs> of this weekend have been so crazy, right? Yeah. Like United actually are within touching distance, like reasonable touching distance of the top four. Yeah. Not only like the the. Opportunity is almost as equal now in the Premier League right. uh, to get into Champions League as the Europa League. I think he may be safe for the double game week. I mean, I'm not saying okay. I cannot guarantee that, but I think if he were to be rested, it would be after the Manchester Derby. I think you're probably right. I mean, Burnley away is also a pretty tough fixture. Um, so I think that you would play him for that game as yeah, well. Yeah, and Burnley away. Okay, if you if you take the Chelsea match um, for, as an as as a case study, they Rashford and Lingard and uh, I mean Ashley Young didn't look very good, but they were looking to beat Chelsea with pace because Chelsea is an attacking team. Now they have a pretty stout defense, but. Um, I think Chelsea was probably also screwed up because they couldn't play their conventional three at the back with Alonso getting injured. Mm-hmm. But Burnley sets up completely differently, right? Like they are a much more sort of um, siege, siege mentality team. Like they are not going to be beat for pace because they sit much deeper than a team like Chelsea. Therefore, you would want a big man like Zlatan to, to be the battering ram. So I think I think you're right. Like Zlatan's got to play away to Burnley. Then, okay. I mean, so okay, presum- okay. So let's 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 agree that he's not a great triple captain choice. Is there <laughs> anyone in game week 34 that you would consider captaining if you did if you couldn't captain Zlatan? Let's just say that you 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 don't like Zlatan. He's not in your team. You're just not going to play him. Who would you captain? I mean, I'm looking at these fixtures. There aren't a lot of great options out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it 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 does stress the whole. I think um, Victor Valdez would be a, a tempting captain choice. No, I think if you don't go Ibra, it's got to be Kane or Lukaku, and and that's I know that's a bit boring. Um, and they're both away, but they're both away to. Okay, so I take your point. I take I take the listener's point that Palace did one over on Chelsea, and they could do the same to Spurs, but I really doubt it. And that's a yeah. London derby, and Harry Kane is notorious for scoring in all London matches. Harry Kane, you can almost bet that he will score against Palace. So I would say there's your first choice. And then West Ham, not a great defense. Lukaku is on molten fire, though he's he's usually better at Goodison Park. But there you go. I think that's second choice. Yeah, I would be reluctant to captain Lukaku away from home. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Kane Kane will probably be my vice captain this week. I don't think I'll vice captain another double game weight player uh, after after. I mean, I'm certainly going to bring in Zlatan. I, I don't think you can risk not bringing him in. Yeah, uh, and I can understand captaining Kane away to spur. I mean, to Crystal Palace. I, I do so think how that's. Are you, how are you planning on bringing Zlatan in? So right now, your forward lineup is Lukaku, Kane, Origi. Yeah, I'm going to drop Lukaku. Makes way. Lukaku. Okay. He, he, that's yeah. an easy decision as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Um, 
I mean, you know, he's away, and then they play Chelsea in game week 35, which isn't a great fixture either. So uh, it just makes sense to drop him now. Yeah, fair um, enough. Yeah, I mean, the game week that would actually concern me is game week 37. Swansea. Uh, whether, yeah, another one, Watford. Well, game week 36 away to Swansea is, is a pretty you know, a pretty good fixture too. But game week thirty-seven home to Watford, if he's playing for the Golden Boot, is a so really good fixture. Sunglasses hut. But there's no way I'm going to be able to bring him in because I'm going to have to load up on all these double game week players, and so I, I'm just going to have to like just hope that he doesn't do anything game week thirty-seven. There's that's, so much. That's, that's, there's that's, so that's, much FPL yeah. overload right now. It really is true. So that's that's for like another podcast. So we have okay. So I was talking to you about this before the. Uh, before the episode started, I mean, if you're still listening to this podcast, you know, 34 weeks in the season, you don't need the structure of what midfielders you're looking at, you know, what what forwards. Like, you don't need the kind of like topics that we would typically do. I think that it's all about these double game weeks. It's all about you know planning for the next three or four weeks. Um, so let's get right to and you know and because we're recording on uh, uh, on Sunday and there's still um, there's still an Arsenal match tomorrow. Uh, Let's not. Uh, we didn't go through the whole Hailshooter Super League here. Although we, I will say, there's there's currently a tie at the top with Anders FK and Sesboom. Yeah, but can we spare a moment for poor Patrick Connolly, Ita Kapua, who is um, just his his power over the Hailshooter Super League is is diminishing by the game week, and this week <laughs> he triple captained Lukaku, which I, I appreciate the logic, Patrick. Um, but that's very disappointing to get. I mean, we were talking about this last week where I was lamenting playing the triple captain on Aguero, where he ended up with nine points, but at least he scored a goal. And yeah, yeah. here, at least Lukaku scored a goal. He didn't come away with nothing. Score. I thought he was not going to, I thought he was going to totally blank. I mean, that goal came from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a vintage Lukaku goal, but yeah, it was a total like, um, just like garbage time goal. So, okay, yeah, sorry, Patrick. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a, I mean, I think this is like, it's, it's, it's really hard to look. We, we were talking about triple captains, and I think we got a little sidetracked because I started talking about, you know, my, the playoffs and how excited I'm for the playoffs. But honestly, there aren't, it's hard to figure out what to do with your triple captain if you're not planning to use it in game week 37. I talked about this with, uh, uh, with people on Twitter earlier this game week, and, uh, you know, because game week thirty seven really sets itself up well for a bench boost, right? I yeah, mean, for sure, there's so, just so many players in play. Exactly, exactly. I have, like both of my goalkeepers are going to have double game weeks that, that week, so um, so that it doesn't make sense to use the triple captain there. So if not, I mean, you're basically looking at game week thirty four, and as we mentioned, Ibra's a risky triple captain option. Uh, you're looking at. We're looking at a, a, a non-double game week, so, you know, an Everton match at home, let's say. Um, and obviously you can't use it in game week 37 because you've got this, you know, you've got all these double game weeks. I mean, you, you could conceivably use it in game week 36 on an Arsenal well, that's, or a Southampton that's, 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 player. That's, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, right. So so game week 36 is the time to use it. And what I would love is for Gabby Adini to have an amazing game week 35 and home to Hull. <laughs> or even even look good in game week thirty four with a Chelsea. He didn't really do anything in game week thirty three. But I you know, know it was home to Man City. Home to Man City. It's a, it's a tough fixture. So yeah, I'm thinking about bringing Gabby Adini in game week thirty five. And then if he looked really good, then he is actually I think a, an interesting captain option for game week thirty six. Triple captain option. Okay. Wow. Well, wait wow. wait on Liverpool. Home to Arsenal. Uh, otherwise, you're looking at Alexis Sanchez. 
Uh, I mean, he's the only other option, right? Sanchez, yes, uh, home dominion, but he looks so bad right now. So you just need you need him to look better in the next two game weeks before I could just like yeah close my eyes and slap the triple caption on him. I'm really curious to know how this podcast sounds after this um, Arsenal Middlesburger match yeah. uh, tomorrow. As yeah. I really don't know what to expect from expect from this Arsenal team. I don't tomorrow. know either. And I mean, and the other option is is to obviously hold the triple captain until next season. You know, you can roll him over now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, having, it's like having being two, on a T-Mobile plan. <laughs> it's, it's like a skins game. You get to, you just keep rolling them over as long as you want. Okay, let, let's for, for fun, Josh. Let's look at game week thirty-eight. I mean, okay. why why not play the triple captain in game week thirty-eight just to stick it to your buddy? It's it's too, it's too risky. I mean, if if, if you're a team that is. Totally. I mean, like, it's very possible that by the time Game Week 38 rolls around, this happened last year, every relegation battle has ended and every Champions League spot is sewn up, right? So, I mean, I think last year, you know, if Newcastle had won by five goals or something, they would have, they would have, but they were playing Spurs, right? So, um, but like everything else was sewn up. And so there was no reason for anyone to, to go all out necessarily. And you can play. We are heading towards a Game Week 38 in which. Chelsea is hosting Sunderland to win the title. True. True. But you never know. I mean, you know, <laughs> so you think, I mean, okay, you think that you uh, you hold it for Game Week 38? You think that's an well, option? Well, I'm just putting it out there as an option. I mean, I'll, ultimately, I agree with you that that's putting your eggs all in one basket. It just seems very risky to save the triple captain until game week 38. I mean, you're assuming that Chelsea will have something to play for in that game week. And, you know, it's possible that it'll all be sewn up by then. Yeah, it, it very well could be. It yeah. very well could be. Okay, so, um, okay, we have a tweet here from Lojun on who says, even the big Swede is not spared from Moose rotation. Is Benteke the obvious replacement for him? So you're talking about Gabby Adini, but more in the short term. Palace's double in game week 34. Were you at all impressed with Christian Benteke netting a goal over the weekend? Not really. No. I mean, a goal in which he committed a clear foul on the defender. Yeah. I mean, Benteke is a streaky player, and I certainly would understand the temptation to bring him in for double game week. I mean, especially, you know, if I just, if I had the money, the spare money, and it was easy to move Origi to Benteke, I would probably do it. I yeah. mean, to be honest, I mean, uh, Rashford, uh, Origi to Rashford is a move that I, I, I guess I have to at least consider for this game, you know, for these, these double game weeks. Yeah, that, that is an interesting one. Again, we go, go back to our earlier conversation about having absolutely no clue what that starting 11 is going to look like for Manchester United week to yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I, I think um, Benteke is just, he's, he's been a little too expensive all season, right? I think his price is seven, somewhere between seven, six, and eight, something. You know, it's it's a tricky price point. That That's like a, it's like a mid-tier striker price. It's that Troy Deeney price point. Yeah. All right, Josh, FBL Bandit on Twitter asks, best replacement for Sigurdsson? particularly those of us who already have Zaha. So, of course, going into the Palace double, Zaha is a slam dunk, even though he didn't necessarily look that, look that great over this weekend. But Sigurdsson, any, can, we, can you spare a thought for Gilfie Sigurdsson well, I in think this it's, highlight I think I, of his season? I think it's the same situation we talked about with, with me and Milner, uh, you know, really not on the podcast. I mean, that for these three game weeks, that price point is kind of tricky. Um 
I mean, who would you even... Okay, do you really want to double up on Crystal Palace midfielders away to Liverpool and home to Spurs? I mean, those are not... Those are bad fixtures. And, I mean, you, it's, it's okay to have one, but I just... I don't think I want to double up. Um, Middlesburger have no good midfielders. And, I mean, I have Darun, so I'm going to play him. But, um, I mean, you know, uh, Ramirez can't stay healthy and uh, probably won't play both game weeks. And who else is? I mean, who else is there beyond that? I think it's a good time to look ahead to the uh, game week thirty six, thirty seven. Assuming you're not planning to play your wild card, the two doubles in a row for Southampton. We touched upon this quickly in last week's episode, but Southampton midfielders. Now there's no like standout option. But I, you shouldn't get caught in this mindset of, well, Sigurdsson is around seven plus million midfielder. I had to replace him with some some sort of mid priced midfielder option. If you look at James Ward Prowse at five point one, or I mean, yeah. uh, Stephen Davis is now back in the lineup for Southampton. These guys will be getting solid minutes in these double game weeks, and they're going to save you a lot of cash. Right. To maybe bring in players like if you're looking to yeah. to, to get Fit Sanchez in or, or Hazard or somebody else. But if you, yeah, but if you're going to bring in James Ward Prowse in game week 34, you have to be prepared to bench him because I don't want to play James Ward Prowse away to Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess my point is is um, I don't. Yeah, there's it, because there's no clear cut option of who to turn Sigurdsson in for game week 34. Start looking yeah, ahead. Yeah. Yeah, just look ahead and, and don't worry about it. Yeah, or save the transfer, right? Because right. there aren't any good options. I mean, I guess, I don't know, Darun, I mean, yeah, if you didn't have Zaha, he'd be the guy I'd recommend. But somehow, like, all of us have Zaha now. Like, in the course of, like, two weeks, like, everyone who listens to this podcast has Wilfred Zaha in their team. Yeah, it just happened overnight. It was like <laughs> there was... <laughs> it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was he I guess the price was right with him, right? Like he came around right at the right time where there were no other mid price midfielders really doing anything. And, uh, and he had the double. It was that nobody would have brought him in. But it, but were it for this double in game week 34. Uh, Alex uh, Quintella says um, less of a question, more of a statement. I think he says uh, time to drop any Chelsea defenders. No clean sheets in like eight games. What do you think about that? What do you think about Alex's comments? Uh, I think a lot about that. And um, I don't know if I'm... I don't think it's because I'm smarting from Alonzo dropping out of the starting 11 today. But it's too much. And I need money. I'm a little short on team value right now. And it, it, it just seems so clear to me now that... Chelsea, the Chelsea, if you're invested in the Chelsea defense, you're just sort of like creating an alternate narrative for yourself if you still think you need to be invested in him. Well, we were singing a different tune last week because Alonso scores his free kick and all that, and he's the best uh, fullback in the game or winger or whatever the heck he is. But I, if, if I need to make a move, and I need cash. That is just such an obvious place for me to go. Yeah. I will be sad to lose him. I will probably want him for game week 37 and won't be able to get him back. But Not just game week 37, though. Game week 34 and game week 36, right? I guess. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's still, um, you know, making poopies in game week 34. <laughs> he's, got, he's still got his virus problem. 
Uh, possibly. I mean, that's a, that's like. I mean, a virus that lasts nine days. What does he get? Like the West Nile or something? Like it's, could, it's, be, could be the bird virus. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean you're right. He could be dying, but if he's if he's healthy and uh, wants to live, I think he'll, he'll fight through. <laughs> and I think he'll probably play most of these matches because the stakes are so high. So then suddenly you're you're home to Southampton, which you know they've looked okay at times, but we just saw them play uh, quite poorly at home to City, um, who we like had barely talked about at all. But we'll have to talk about it at some point. Not 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 this week necessarily, but in the future. Um, I mean, God, maybe, <laughs> right. the, maybe 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 Leroy Sané is your just obvious cigarettes and replacement, right? Maybe you just bring him in right now. Yeah, it's a good point, though. Let's see, like, how much does Sané cost right now? I feel like he's he's considerably more. Isn't he up in like the nine million uh, I, I bracket? Oh, you no, know, he's he's seven point six million. Yeah, it's like the same price as Siggy. Five point three percent ownership. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good shout. Um, yeah, he he seems locked into that starting eleven. Looks very good. I mean, yeah, I think that he's like, yeah, that, that to me is like because Siggy is what seven point six, and what did you say Sane was? So, uh, he is also seven point six. Right. So maybe that's maybe that's your answer is you just ignore the double game week and you bring in Sane. I mean, it's yeah because okay, so Man City's fixtures not to get too sidetracked here, but they play Man U at home, which is fine. They'll probably score a couple goals in that game. Uh, way to Middlesburger, home to Crystal Palace, and then double game week at home, Leicester West Brom. Now he might rest one of those games. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely possible, but um, I don't really know why he would. Um, I mean, they're not going to so rest him for the Man U game, right? Because it's the Manchester derby. Um, and then after that, if they even if they win the FA Cup uh, semi, the final won't be until the season's over. So I don't think you'd rest him at any other point either. So I don't know. I mean, he, I think he's pretty safe. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good. I think that's a good pick. It's a good Siggy replacement. Good. All right. <laughs> it's settled uh, then. It's settled. Yeah, Leroy Sané. Uh, okay, so let's. So Chelsea defenders, were you're yeah. you're sticking. I'm I'm uncertain. I'm sticking. I mean, I, I'm reluctantly sticking. I mean, it, it it does suck to have that much money tied up in a and I and I got Alonso late, you know, so I kind of missed out on a lot of the cheap early I mean he was never that cheap right I think he was like was he was he at six or six point five yeah so yeah so he he didn't even go up a full million at any point I mean which is kind of you know, given the returns that he produced really he really probably should have okay Josh we have a tweet from David Fellheim who says I need a Christopher Walken impersonation as an inspiration pep talk for the rest of the season. Made some bad decisions lately. Josh, can you do a Christopher Walken impression? Yeah, I can't do impressions, Brian. I'm going to leave this one to you. Uh, let's see. I can try. Um, I'm not one for impressions either, but let's not. Like this is going to Going back to our two guys, one microphone, no topic, podcast days. I mean, all I can think of is Christopher Walken's speech in Pulp Fiction where he talks about, you know, holding a watch up his ass for how many years. Right, right. It's sort of like, David, you need to, you need oh, to get it together, man. Something else. <laughs> that that oh was pretty God. spot on, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, well, it was something else. That's what I mean. It was, it was so, it was so, it was something extraordinary. It was like, a, it was a, <laughs> I was having an out-of-body experience there. Uh, yeah, D- David, it. it as, as as you can tell by this 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 weird like agonizing podcast, 
Uh, really, this this week, but every week, Brandon, right? We always there's a lot of agony in this podcast. Uh, it's a tricky stretch, right? I mean, it it's for everybody, stretch. and I mean, I, he's a good manager. I, I, you know, we've we've talked about his team and before. I mean, he'll 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 navigate it. I mean, we have confidence in David. I have more confidence in David than I do in, you know. Uh, I don't even know. Me? Some, you. Yeah, exactly. Or many of the managers in our own league. <laughs> <laughs> whoever is whoever is in the Hail Cheaters League positioned at 1,242. <laughs> We're looking right. squarely in your direction. Uh, Dojo the Mofo says, do you think Hazard, Sanchez, Elliot, Kane, and Aguero are all essential for Game Week 37? Oh, man. I mean, if I could have all those guys, I absolutely would. Yeah. Uh, I think it's too early to... I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to just totally like cop in this question, but I, I, I mean, Sanchez probably isn't essential. I mean, but the thing is, you're probably going to have him for game week 36. Although, yeah, do you drop him before a double game week? Could you do that? I mean, that would be a way to stoke home to Sunderland. No, you can't do it. It is undeniable, uh, e- despite the form that Arsenal is in and Alexis Sanchez, you are getting four games in two game weeks. From him, it's, he's you have to have him. I mean, yeah. I'm planning to wild card into game week 36, and unless unless Alexis Sanchez does something really weird, I mean, besides I mean, just look bad, he has to do yeah. something weird. I mean, if so, if he blanks in game week 34 and then blanks again in game week 35, so that would be five consecutive game weeks where he blanks. Uh, even then, you would just would he be the first guy in your wild card team? Yeah, I think he still would be the first guy. Um, I think the biggest red flag I would look, be looking for for him going into game week 36 is what type of rotation right. is Arsene Wenger doing? If there, is, so if there, if there yeah. is a lot of rotation, then maybe I'm thinking, well, all is lost and Wenger is just going to give some of the younger players a run out. He- he plays with a small squad. I, they're going to be pushing for the Champions League. I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of rotation. And, and Alexis isn't a rotating guy in general. So I I don't know. I mean, I wish there was another, at least a secondary option on that Arsenal team for game week 36. I mean, uh, they all seem so bad. I mean, Ozil has just, you could bring him with any confidence. I, I, was, I certainly don't want to drop a Spurs player to bring in Ozil. Um, you know, no, maybe, no, maybe, no, no. maybe Theo Walcott, depending on what he does the next couple of weeks. I mean, Ozil had one good match week. Was it last? It was two match weeks ago. And yeah. that is not enough. Like he's been he's been woeful for a large part of the season, apart from that match week. I for me, if if it's anybody apart from Alexis Sanchez, maybe you're bringing in Mustafi or right. some other nailed on defender. Yeah, but I think um, I think it's I think it's a tricky one. Uh, I mean, that's I mean the the players that he named what Hazard, Sanchez, Ali, Canada. I mean, that's like what like sixty five million pounds or something like that. I mean, it's it's hard to even feel <laughs> a team if you have all five of those. So yeah. uh, okay, I think you know yeah, Sanchez is the one you probably have to have because because of the back to backs. Uh, I can't imagine not having Harry Kane um, and. Aguero, I mean, Aguero is just so expensive that I probably I probably won't end up having Aguero in the end. I'll want to have some Spurs player, but I don't think it's going to be Aguero. Uh, city, any City player. Yeah, I I right. dumped Aguero um, for to get Harry Kane in this week, and it worked out for me. But again, he scored. He's in good. He's in good fighting shape. I 
I feel like we don't have enough information to say definitely than that Gabriel Jesus will threaten Aguero into game week 37. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aguero is sort of in that um, Ibra position prior to the Chelsea match today where he just looks incredibly fit and he's playing 90 minutes every match and he is... Aguero is a striker that Pep is just going to drop into the lineup, no questions asked at this isn't, point. So isn't, isn't Gabriel Jesus about ready to come back, though? That is the other concern. I think that he well, is. So, so they say, who uh, right, I, right. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I guess. I, I guess All right, let's, I, let's quit talking about game week 37 because it's, it's, it's too far away. It's, it's too many other questions and injuries that can happen. Uh, okay, Siggy replacements. Uh, double game week differentials. I think we've talked about this a little bit already, but that Geo asked this on uh, Twitter. Yeah, so I, I guess this brings us back to Benteke. I feel like Benteke is a pretty big differential. Uh, is Palace Palace attack might be where you get your biggest bang for differential buck. Um, though I, I think we'll probably both end up agreeing, Josh, that Middlesberger is really yeah. where you, you have to be shored up to protect yourself. Well, I don't even know if I'd go that far. I mean, I, I'm okay not having a Middlesbrough defender, uh, just because I don't think they're very good, and I don't. I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they conceded in both their games. I guess it'll be interesting to see how they play against Arsenal. I mean, if it looks like you know, if they win that game, or if they, even if it's just like a nil-nil draw, and you just feel like this team is like a fortress they can't lose at home, then you know maybe. Maybe you do need to have a defender. I mean, there's there's plenty of options, right? I mean, plenty of okay. So let's let's look at the the op. If you had to pick one defender, let's say let's, let's exclude Victor Valdez, who is a great option and definitely someone you should think of, look at bringing in if you if you can. Uh, but who would you want from a defender? I mean, George Friend. No, I think Gibson is the is the yeah, easy answer Gibson's to that. The, yeah. He's he's the most nailed friend on. Even healthy? Yeah, friend isn't playing like. <laughs> yeah, no, friend weeks. isn't healthy. Uh, I mean, so there's um, there's Gibson and there's Berrigan, who has also been pretty nailed on like recently. He's, he's much cheaper at four point four, um, but then I mean, Berrigan is a guy who could be subject to rotation later in the season. But if you still have your wild card, you're looking to play it um, coming out of game week 34, then bring him in the short yeah. term. Fabio actually hasn't played the last three game weeks. So I clearly haven't done my research on these. These, I mean, you, get, you're, you don't you don't get your daily your your program guide, <laughs> um, match day program guide from yeah. the Middlesbrough pitch pitch whatever 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 what what is the name of the Middlesbrough pitch. I can't remember actually. Burger Town. There's a cheeseburger in paradise. Cheeseburger in paradise. Uh, yeah. So I mean, a lot of the defenders are injured right now. I mean, this this is a team that did concede four to Hull not too long ago. So I don't want to oversell this. This if you can do it, I certainly wouldn't like. If I've if I've already burned four, I'm not sure I'm going to burn eight to to bring in a a Middlesbrough defender. I mean, I just don't feel that confident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I guess this doesn't qualify as differential. Yeah, I wish I had Victor Valdez. He's the only guy I'd really be excited about having. So beyond that, I, I, I guess you're looking at somebody who doesn't have a double game week as a differential. And there are some very unappealing yeah. fixtures. Uh, I mean, maybe under Herrera. I mean, I, it feels like less of a differential now that he's picked up a goal and an assist. But I think he's... 
he might be planning that Juan Mata. How is role. it not a differential? Who's bringing in Ander Herrera? Okay, based I'm, on okay I'm, I'm just saying that, like, it's not like if I had said Ander Herrera before he picked up a goal assist and three bonus points, I would look like more of a, I, I, I look like more of a gambler. Now that I, I'm saying this, now that he just, you know. He looked fantastic. No, I, I'd say you still you still sound like a gambler. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, he's cheap. Six point three million. I love it, man. Easy. Yeah, played the last three game weeks. So okay. you got to know when to hold him. One know last phone. One last question here, Brandon. Uh Chico Fernandez says Los Spurs as Caliente. Uh is it too much to have Kane uh Deli and Erickson essentially is having two mids and their striker overkill? No way. It's not overkill. They're the most high-flying yeah. team in the league. Go for it. Go we, for yeah. it and score FPL points. We ended that one on an easy note. I agree. There's no... Uh... <laughs> uh, all right, Brandon. Let's let's take a quick break, and then let's look at Game Week 34. Uh, you know, we've already talked about some of the key questions, so I'm actually going to set a timer, and let's see if we can do all of Game Week 34 in five minutes. All right? Five-minute countdown. Okay, I'll brace myself. Lightning round. Same old Brandon, we're back. Game week 34. I've started the timer. Let's get going. Bournemouth, Middlesbrugger. First double game week of the week. Nil-nil draw. <laughs> I think Bournemouth uh, wins one nothing. I think Junior Stanislaw continues his, his run. <laughs> how, how much does it stick in your craw that Junior Stanislaw just miraculously appears back in the Bournemouth Starting eleven. Oh, did I say Junior? It's funny that I even said that. I have, of course, I meant Josh King. Uh, I woke up a little early this morning, Brent. I got to tell you. So, I'm, but did, forgive did, me you, did, did you not see that Stanislaus started? I over did the weekend? see. I know, but yeah, there, there he is. is. There he is, just to mock you. Got subbed early again, of course. Uh, Hull Watford. Um, Hull wins three uh, one. Okay, three one Hull. Uh, that seems uh, ambitious. Watford actually looked pretty good. I mean, for their kind of. Slightly anonymous team. They've looked surprisingly good. Uh, but Eddie I think, and Kapu back on the score yeah, sheet. Back on the score sheet. Like it's game week four yeah. all over again. Yeah. So Watford, you would you would think they were on the beach, but they, they continue to play well. I think Watford wins this game uh, 2-1. Now, Marco Silva have, these, have the whole boys ready to play. They're going to blow Watford out of the water. All right. Swansea Stoke. Swansea Stoke, Swansea. I I Portland am afraid that this, this, I think that the story is over for Swansea. Um, it's always bad news when Arnatovic starts scoring because he tends to start sort of do like two to three week spurts. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I think I think I think he has a very good chance of scoring, but I, I think Swansea find a way to win. It's such an important game for them. It's really essential. I mean, uh, we'll see. Stoke Stoke had um, huge guys scoring: uh, Shakiri, Arnatovic, and Peter Crouch. These are all guys that will, that can crush you. So that Crouch is my concern for Swansea. Yeah. I pick Stoke here. Uh, Peter Crouch, amazingly, he's still he's still crushing fools. <laughs> uh, sorry if you can hear a baby in the background. By the way, uh, West Ham Everton. Everton wins three nothing. Everton keeps a clean sheet. Wow, I think uh, I think it's closer to a one one draw. I think uh, uh, I, I do not like the look of uh, Everton's defense right now without uh, without Seamus Coleman. Um, I thought Ashley Williams Jones was kind of shaky. Oh, I'm sorry, who? Uh, I thought Ashley Williams was kind of shaky in this match. I mean, I know he picked yeah. up a bonus point, but uh, I didn't think he looked that good. 
What about Phil Jagielka, three and three, I doing know. cartwheels? It's crazy. It's a Stephanie in our league actually has him too, which is amazing. He, his value went Jagielka. <laughs> I can't believe his value jumped up midweek, <laughs> and people are just jumping on this Jagielka bandwagon. And it it is it was peculiar to me, given that Everton have no doubles coming up. So I, I uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, Burnley, Man United. Uh, oh, by the way, I thought Holgate looked really impressive. Um, I thought so too. He actually, he actually should have had an assist late in that game and a goal. He had a he yeah. had a shot in the box. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, just a little. Was it just was it saved or a little? I can't remember what. It was. If he like, put a little more on it, I feel like he would have scored. I, I think the keeper got low and saved it. Okay, that's right. Yeah, uh, we're on to Sunday. Burnley, Man United. I think this. I think Man United continues their their run. I mean, they might be a little tired. If they, it really depends on the Europa League. It's kind of like uh, kind of like Leicester, where um, you know if they, if they win the Europa League game, I think uh, they you know they move on to the semis. Maybe they're a little amped up and they and they they run two nothing over Burnley. Agreed. If they if they win that um, second leg of the Europa match and adding compounding coming off of this win against Chelsea, yeah, I think they will just move into turf more and steamroll Burnley. We've only got a minute left here, Brandon. Liverpool across the Palace. Oh We're not going to do it. <laughs> uh, Firmino hat trick. <laughs> okay, I, I think Origi finally gets in the score sheet. Uh, I guess a three three nothing Liverpool win. I I am not big on Origi here. I'm just not. I know. I thought he looked good, but he didn't look like a, it was like he was going to score. Uh, although he actually did score, it was real for offside though. But close call. Yeah, that's uh, true. The right call though. Uh, Chelsea Southampton. Uh, God, hard game to predict now, given Chelsea. It really is. I love this play. match because yeah. Southampton is just a meaty, hardy team, and mm-hmm. Chelsea is kind of flailing at the moment yeah. and. You would assume Chelsea's going to bounce back here, uh, particularly because they're at home. So I would pick, I would pick like a, a three-one victory for Chelsea. Yeah, I think, maybe, I think maybe, a, maybe a clean sheet. That sounds about right. Uh, Arsenal, Leicester. Uh, I think Arsenal bounce back in this game, uh, but Jamie Vardy gets his goal. Just to remind Arsenal what they lost. Two-one uh, Arsenal win. Hmm. I like Amara's goal in this game okay. um, as another reminder to Arsenal. But, yeah, I think Arsenal do win. Oh, my God, time's up. We'll We've do, got we'll three do, matches we'll left. Do, we'll do one minute of extra time here. Uh, <laughs> Middlesbrugger hosting Sunderland. Uh, I mean, a, a true six-pointer, although Sunderland's probably already down no matter what happens. Oh, my God. I want Berger to just totally annihilate Sunderland. With, like what, players? With what players? I mean, we didn't even talk about Alvaro Negredo, but how can you how can you even bring him in? Yeah, there's just no one who's exciting in that You can't. That I'm so disgusted by Sunderland this season. I just want them to be buried both, now both immediately. Teams, really. I want both teams to go down. Nil-nil uh, yeah. draw. Agreed. Yeah. Moving uh, on. Palace Palace Spurs. Spurs. Uh, yeah, so Spurs. Palace will put up a fight probably 30 minutes or so, and then the floodgates will open, and uh, Harry Kane will probably get a brace, and it'll be another high-flying <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, late Dilly Alley goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 3-0 Spurs. That seems about right to me. Yeah. Um, and then the Manchester Derby. Predictions? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have predicted 2-0 Man U-Chelsea. So, I, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of in the same position here. Uh, I guess I'll predict like a 2-1 Man City. When Man City have looked really good the last couple of weeks. They have. Yeah, you have to Push give City the upper, the upper hand. Just it being a home match. There's, I'd say 2-2. Two, two. I yeah. think it's going to be very tight. Yeah, well, I think that's, yeah. 2-2 I, I, two, two is my initial thought. And I, thought, I think Man City find a way to win. Brandon, that's your lot. Where can you find us? 
You can subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast at iTunes, where you can rate our podcast and leave a review if you like what you hear. Find us on SoundCloud, where you can follow us, comment on our uh, episodes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn. You can also find us on Pocket Cast, Josh. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, good, good. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters, H-E-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-E-R-S, uh, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Uh, and you can email us, HailCheaters at gmail.com. You can also support the podcast on Patreon. We're actually talking about uh, one, we want to do one one last uh, special pod this year, and Brennan are actually talking about guests right now. So if there's oh, someone, it's going to be some good yeah, guests. We have a good idea, but if there's someone you really want us to 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 do as a Patreon exclusive interview, uh, you know, send us an email or find us on Twitter and let us know. All right, Josh, go tend to your your beautiful little cherub baby, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right, man, hail cheaters and Bacani forever, even right. on the bench. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.